Two weeks ago, we looked at the idea of thankfulness for uh, spiritual blessings. We looked at the great things that our God has done for us through Jesus Christ. And there's at least 10, and those are very deep blessings. But as we look at all the different ways our Lord blesses us, we're going to look today at 10 physical blessings you experience from God and why we should be most thankful. Again, the older hymn has these powerful words, count your blessings, name them one by one, count your many blessings, see what God has done. That is so true. Uh, not only because it's the right thing to do, that is to add up even, if you will, or reflect upon what God has done for us. Sometimes we need to do that. Sometimes counting our blessings is God's therapy. Uh, we're uh, told repeatedly in Scripture to be thankful. Uh, Paul constantly admonishes the churches to be thankful for what they have. And being thankful where we mentally engage with what God is already doing for us, what He's given for us, helps us deal with the things that are challenges in our life. And we'll see how that takes place um, today uh, especially. We're going to look at 10 blessings like we did two weeks ago, very briefly. But I do want to kind of set forth four guiding principles about how we look at these physical blessings, if you will, in general. What I talk about, or what I mean when I talk about physical blessings is they're things that bless our well-being or our physical existence. Uh, spiritual blessings in Scripture address our soul our life after this life, our relationship with God, but these simply bless our existence here on this earth, but yet they are great gifts from God that make our life either safer, more comfortable, uh, more manageable, but we can often overlook them. But I want to look just briefly at some four guiding principles that will kind of lay the foundation for uh, the 10 specific things. First of all, some blessings bless everyone. In uh, Matthew chapter 5, uh, Jesus is teaching in the Sermon on the Mount about loving your enemy and why you ought to do so. And Jesus says in verse 43, you have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, or I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. Then he goes on to say this about why you should love your enemy. He says, he causes his son to rise on the evil and on the good. And he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Here Jesus tells what his father is doing for everyone. He says the sun shines on even the evil people. The sun shines on the good. His rain falls on those who are uh, his enemies. But rain also falls upon those who are in relationship with him. There's many blessings that just everyone experiences whether they deserve it or not. And that's the kind of God that we have. We don't find the rain just falling on Christians as they walk around or as they're driving uh, or as they're growing things. As Christians are getting the rain and everybody else is a dry bone. Or we don't find the sun is just on Christians and everybody else is walking around in the dark physically. God blesses everyone. So everyone ought to be thankful, but Christians especially, because they know where the blessings come. Where non-believers may just accept, well, there's a sun that came out of... Uh, the sky is somewhere billions of years ago, and they just kind of accept it as is. We know the source of the blessing. Amen. But God blesses everyone. Uh, second, some blessings are simply based on time. In Philippians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul is writing from prison. And he's in prison not because he committed a crime. 
He's in prison simply because he's been preaching the truth of Jesus Christ. And this is one of four letters where he's in prison for that reason alone, teaching the truth about Jesus. But he talks about his circumstances. And he says, starting in verse 10 of Philippians 4, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. But then he says in verse 11, I'm not saying this because I am in need. For I have learned to be content when or where? Whatever the circumstances. Verse 12, I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have what? Plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in every or in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through Him who gives me strength. Great passage, many good lessons to draw from it. But just notice these words that I tried to isolate. He's learned to be content, it says in verse 11, whatever the circumstances. Sometimes in our life, we just experience circumstances. Uh, there's times maybe where an employer said your services are no longer needed. You find yourself laid off when you thought you had a permanent position. That is difficult. Or for a college student, they learn that those classes are now canceled and their whole semester is turned upside down. Or some will learn from their parents they're not staying together anymore and life radically changes. Sometimes the setting of our life just changes. And there are circumstances outside of our control that happen to us. And sometimes we're in good situations, though. Sometimes we get a promotion we didn't expect, or a raise or a bonus comes our way. Or sometimes an opportunity to buy a house just that we weren't even praying for. It just gets kind of dropped in our lap, or a new car, or a, a, a newer used one. Uh, something like that comes our way. Sometimes a health problem uh, just gets rectified. That we, weren't even, we weren't even really praying about it, or we just learned to live with. Uh, so our circumstances are always changing. Sometimes they're really tough, but sometimes our circumstances are really good. So uh, some blessings are simply based on time. We're in a good place at a good time, or we're in the wrong place at the wrong time, and it really had nothing to do with us. So that's another way to think about blessings. Uh, the third guiding principle is that basic necessities are a blessing. Uh, remember the great teaching of Jesus on how to pray. The disciples of Jesus, Matthew 6, also in the Gospel of Luke, came to Jesus saying, uh, teach us to pray. And one of the most memorable things he taught them is give us this day our what? Daily bread. Give us this day, or Lord, please grant to us our daily bread. And remember, in the first century, they didn't have multiple grocery stores. They didn't have a Costco. Uh, any place that was always there to have food for them that they could count on it without even thinking about it. They had to many times wake up in the morning being prepared to look for food for that day. Remember, in the Old Testament, manna was provided for the nation of Israel as they were going through the wilderness. And they were taught to rely on that manna coming from God every day and not to store it up in their tents as if it wasn't going to be there the next day. So this idea of being daily dependent upon God is very important and for the most basic things. Uh, give us this day our daily uh, bread. Uh, Paul taught in 1 Timothy. Uh, he taught uh, the gospel preacher Timothy uh, in 2 
two letters, first and second Timothy. He teaches Timothy about how he ought to think about life. And Paul says this in the sixth chapter, verse eight. First Timothy six, uh, verse eight. Uh, we'll start with verse 6, but verse 6 says, But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and we can take nothing out of it. But then he says this, which would be shocking to us in this time in America. He says, verse 8, But if we have food and clothing, we will be what? If we have food and clothing, we will be content? That's exactly what he said. We will be content with that. I'll just be straight up honest with you here. I'm not content with just food and clothing. But I'm told here by the Apostle Paul, who again writes from most likely a dire circumstance or less than what he would like. He says, with food and clothing, we'll be content. In other words, that is enough to get by. But for us who live with the blessings we have here in America in this time, I don't think I could write that because I would like a lot of other things too. And we'll talk about all the other things God gives us above food and clothing. But here Paul says the food and clothing, I can be content with. So when he says he learned to be content back in Philippians, uh, being content to him was having just clothes on his back and food to eat for that day. And he said earlier here, we brought nothing into this world. We can take nothing out. So he's kind of embracing this minimalist type of concept that Christians can have with a lot of work if they think about it. So we need to appreciate just having these basics of life because God says we can be content through those. But we're also told as a guiding principle to give thanks for everything. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8, 18, uh, Paul says this, starting in verse 16, he says, Rejoice always. Rejoice always, verse 16. Pray continually. And then he says, verse 18, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That again is a scripture that kind of makes us be pushed back a little bit on how we see life versus how God wants us to see it. Here Paul speaking through the Spirit of God. He tells us to pray continually. Okay, no problem with that. We... But then give thanks in all circumstances? I thought when things are really bad, you don't have to give thanks. But when things start getting good again, then you start up giving thanks because things are now good again. No, Paul said give thanks in all circumstances. And in case we don't believe that, how does Paul end in verse 18? For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So learning to be thankful is a learned experience. Or being thankful is a learned experience. Don't think it's going to come overnight. Don't think it's going to come naturally. Don't think it's going to be easy to be thankful all the time. Uh, when you get a bad report from Kaiser, it is hard to drive home being thankful. If you have a friend that's not talking to you, it's hard to be thankful in that circumstance. If you're trying to figure out how you're going to make it from month to month, and the landlord's told you you have a 30-day notice because they've sold the building, it's hard to be thankful in that circumstance. It's not fun to be thankful. Scripture never says it's fun being thankful in hard circumstances. God simply tells us through His Son and through the apostles, it can be done, which means it's a Christian discipline to be done. So these are four guiding principles. Uh, the rest of our time, we're going to spend 
going, going quicker through 10 things we can be thankful for and should be that we probably most likely are just taking for granted because of the circumstances in which we live in the year 2020 here in the United States. I'm going to go through each of these 10 and writing them down will help you remember them. And if you're praying regularly at home, uh, if you're struggling with what I pray for, you can always be thankful for these 10, just like the 10 spiritual blessings we took, that, took a look at uh, two weeks ago. Here we go. The first one, food, water, and clothing. With each one of these points, there's going to be a picture on the left and a picture on the right. The picture on the left is to represent what life could be like and is like in other places. They're relatively modern pictures. The picture on the right talks about what many people experience, though, here in the United States. Not everyone, but many people experience or can experience uh, with some degree of effort or work. First of all, and I just grouped these three together, three together because they're their most basic. Food, water, and clothing. Remember Paul said in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 6, verse 8, with food and clothing, we shall be content. Just to think about food. There's never a moment I wake up wondering, where am I going to find food today? It's in the fridge. And if there's not enough, I can go to Costco on the way home from work. I have a Lucky. I have a Safeway. There, I have a 7-Eleven. If worse comes to worst, uh, <laughs> they have a nice section right up there when you check out of baked goods. Um, if you have to have something, and I've shared in those hot dogs at times when I've been really hungry. There's never a problem getting food. It's just what kind of food. So if we have really nice specialty markets. We have regular supermarkets. We have just markets that aren't super, but they're markets. We have food on all different levels that's accessible to us. It's safe because of sanitary conditions. We have laws that uh, make sure our food is safe for us to eat. It's just a matter of how much. There's four-star Michelin restaurants to go to. There's all kinds of levels of food. It's, so it's a matter of what kind of food we're going to eat, not if we're going to have it at all. Uh, water, have you thought about just having clean running water? I, uh, Lisa and I are forced to think about that right now in the condo where we live because there's a sign right at the elevator saying the water's going to be turned off at midnight tonight till 3 in the afternoon. And I thought, wait a minute, I take a shower in the morning and how am I going to do that? I brush my teeth. I've got to think about running water, what my hair is going to look like when I teach school Monday. And, but it made me think about this point how blessed we are to have clean water and available most all the time. And if that faucet doesn't work, we just go to another. Versus having a pail that we've got to walk for miles so some spigot is allowed to get us water, hopefully for a few days, as it is in some countries. A clothing. I've never questioned in my life, am I going to wear clothes today or not? Or do I have them? It's what kind of clothes? What style do I want? Uh, how nice, what, what, what shirt goes with what pair of pants, uh, what shoes in my nice shoe collection am I going to wear today. Uh, it's always what kind of clothes I'm going to wear, how many clothes I wear, will it be a layered day, will it be a single shirt day, uh, I've got more jackets than I need. Think how blessed we are with the most basic things. Paul just said, with food and clothing, be content. Look what we have, choices of all these things. Number two, respective health. Respective health. Uh, the word respective simply means everyone's situation is somewhat different. I know of no one that has perfect health, because to be blunt, we're all in the dying process. 
We are all terminal. We are all headed to a grave. It's a nature of our humanity that one day we will uh, be buried or cremated, just to be blunt. But setting that aside, all of us have a relative health where some of us enjoy pretty good health. When the blood test is done or the other tests of our body are done, that we get back generally good results. Other times, people do not. So you appreciate respect of health. That is what you enjoy at the moment. Though you may have back pains or you, you may have other troubles that you're seeing a doctor for, relatively or respectively, you're doing okay. And those moments need to be appreciated. Or even when you're not doing okay, all it takes is seeing pictures of someone hooked up to machines in a hospital and you're thankful, I'm not like that. And all of a sudden, one body condition can be a lot better than you thought it was compared to what it could be. Appreciate your respective health. Um, the other night I was walking, as I like to do at night, I, I walked down the steep hill that we're on and then I realized I'm stuck down there and I gotta walk back up and that's my exercise for the day. Uh, getting back up the hill without calling Lisa to come pick me up. And uh, I thought for a moment, as I'm just thinking walking down the hill, it's my best thinking time, is I don't even have to think about walking, my legs just kinda just, I'm not consciously thinking about what I'm doing, my legs are just moving down the hill and they move back up the hill and I can think about 10 other things in my mind at once. It's just doing that. I thought, what about someone who's paralyzed? Their mind wants to walk, but their body does not cooperate. And what a blessing it is to have a functioning body to get to point A to point B. May not always be in comfort, uh, may be in pain, but we can still get there. So whatever measure of health we have, appreciate it. Even if it's not ideal and it's troublesome and there's things that you wake up with and go to bed with, it could always be worse. So appreciate the respective health that you have. Number three, medical care. Just think about medical care. The picture on the left shows what life is like in other countries when something's wrong. I couldn't imagine that being one of my daughters that's there in that situation. But in other situations, we have multiple personnel that can help us. We have hospitals. We have trauma centers, cancer treatment centers. We have vaccines, prompt doctor visits. I can get right on an email with my doctor. I can get on a Zoom call with my doctor. I can get an appointment in South City that afternoon. I can go to a clean, quiet, safe hospital to receive whatever care I need. What a blessing that is to have accessible medical care where other countries do not have that. Or if they do have it, it's very complicated. Or you're told you have to wait for months to get something you need uh, right away. And then on top of that, we have insurance. Most people have insurance that will pay for the expensive medical care or at least absorb most of the cost. We have urgent care for if you can't get in quick enough through your hospital or if you don't have insurance, you have urgent care where you can get in right away to a place that might be open 24-7. We have insurance care that provides benefits at a much lower cost to people than it has otherwise been available. That's a recent development. We have emergency rooms where you can get right in. Uh, X-rays, MRIs, surgery. Think of all the conditions we experience that can be treated on some level. Even though there are certain things doctors have no answer for, they can at least treat it and try to make it better. And what a blessing it is to have that 
at this point in time in the United States. It's a blessing to have medical care for these bodies that not only at times are affected by age, they're affected by injury or disease or accidents, things like that. We have something provided for us right away that usually finds the answer and puts us on a track towards a cure or healing to some level where life can go on. That is a great physical blessing to be counted. Number four, emergency services. Imagine being the case where you've fallen at home and there is no one. You've fallen and you can't get up and there's no one to call that will come. Think about what a blessing it is to have 911. Uh, you can call and they'll ask you what kind of help you need. Uh, it might be police, might be fire, might be ambulance. And they'll come relatively quickly. And even if you cannot tell them your address, they know if you have a smartphone, they can tell where you're at and they can find you. What a blessing that is. Some countries have nothing like that. Or in other eras of time, that would have been something unfathomable to possess. That is, the ability to be found by an emergency provider. Uh, my aging mother, uh, myself and my brother and sister, we bought for her one of these... Uh, Devices where she hangs it around her neck because she lives by herself. She gets around quite well. But we don't want to have her fall when she goes on one of her walks or be in the shower and fall. And no one knows. So she has this button where she can push and someone calls right away. Mrs. Mulligan, are you all right? And if they're not getting a response from her, they will send someone. And the emergency provider has a key to get into her house. What a blessing of security for her and for her children that all live varying distances from her. So emergency services is a great blessing. Number five, financial resources. Financial resources. Paul in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 said, God gives us richly all things to enjoy. Everyone is at different levels of financial resources. There's some that have more than what they know what to do with in our culture, that have started big things like Amazon and and Tesla, that they have more than they know what to do with, so they engage in all kinds of pursuits. Uh, then there's some that really do struggle day by day, just to kind of take care of things, or month by month. But again, Paul said, with food and clothing, we shall be content. We need to be thankful for a job that we have. It may not be the job that we always want to have. It may not be the job that we envisioned 10 years ago having. But to have some form of resource or income coming in is a great blessing. If you've ever received an inheritance, that's a great blessing that someone left money behind for you. If you have a pension where your company that you worked for for years set up a pension for you, you can live off of that fairly well throughout life. Social security, what a great blessing uh, to help just a basic amount to get by if you don't have a whole lot investments that are protected, real estate that rarely if ever loses value that can be a source of stability late in life. Here in the United States, even if we don't have the job that we want, we have a lot of opportunities to either go back to school or to switch jobs, change jobs. My students do it all the time. They recognize, hey, this job is not quite what I want. And they'll always be moving up. 
And that's kind of our goal in life, to always kind of be moving up if we want to increase our income or find a job that we like. We're in the land of opportunity. And that's why people will desperately try to cross our borders to come here, because they want to have an opportunity to take care of their families and to not be stuck in one position all their life and to live in fear and other things that we don't even have to think about. We're in this great position in the United States. Some jobs have tenure. A lot of people can have multiple jobs, side jobs, work as much as they want or as little as they want. These are financial resources. So the opportunities that we have here in the United States are just wonderful for people. It may not be perfect for everyone. And some people struggle greatly with things that maybe are easier for others. But still, we have a lot more than what other people uh, have in other parts of the world where they're stuck in either social class or an economic class where basically the culture of that country says you stay in that class. You don't move. And people that are in poverty are kind of forced to stay in poverty. And people in wealth are far distanced from them. We don't have that here in the United States. Number six, sufficient housing. We're not always living where we want, but we're usually living, at least with us here in the room, where we feel safe and we feel comfortable. But within just a short distance, we'll drive to places where it's tense. And there may be different reasons why people live in those tents, but that's certainly not the type of housing that we would want to live in or that we see as ideal. But we have a great opportunity to change our housing circumstances. Uh, growing up, I shared a bedroom with my brother. That was what I needed at seven years old. Just a shared bedroom with my brother. But I got my teen years, I want my own room, so I got my own bedroom. And so I went to a dorm and shared a group of rooms with a bunch of other guys, and I got my own apartment, then eventually a two-bedroom apartment. We got married, a house. Now, there's over 55 senior housing, senior living. There's independent living when we get older. There's assisted living. There's skilled nursing care from cradle to grave. Literally, there's the housing that we need at the moment here in this country. What a great blessing. What a great blessing to have the housing that we need. And then within that housing, to have door locks, to have heat, security, running water, and if someone was threatening us, we could call someone to come and attend to the situation. Just to have a situation where we can sleep at night and not be in fear is a great blessing. That's sufficient housing. Number seven, electrical power. Some, because there are no electrical lines running to their home, they live by lamps, as people used to uh, hundreds and hundreds of years ago. In fact, we're thankful we're just born in this time where we have electricity that illuminates things, empowers things. In fact, uh, in our circumstances, we can drive down streets now and we can see uh, homes that are fully engulfed in decorative lights, fully using power. In fact, the other night, we're watching a TV show where there's a competition between people throughout the United States. <laughs> have you seen that show, Mary Jo? Yes, where people have got some kind of electrician involved and they've had their whole house illuminated, all kinds of things. And I thought for a moment how people in a third world country that have no power at all might see something like that. We have power to do all kinds of nice things. Uh, street lights, power for our laptops, phones. We have electric cars now. Heat, air conditioning. Just think how you feel when the power goes out. 
We don't like it when it just goes out for a second. We have to reset all our clocks. When it goes out for 15 minutes, we start getting worried. When it's been out for a couple hours, we're upset. And we got food in the fridge. And we realize how blessed we are to have consistent, reliable electric power. Just to have modern sewer systems. I didn't want to make this its own point. But <laughs> it's so connected with electricity. Just things that just take care of things that we don't want to have to deal with. What a blessing that is to have in this country. Number eight, modern transportation. In some countries, it's walking. You walk to where you need to go or you take some unreliable form of public transportation. Or like in this picture I found, a mother appears to be <laughs> taking four kids that she's learned to put on this tricycle-type bike and, and get down the road. And that's just the way you do it in that country. But with us, it's a matter of how we're going to get there. Trains, planes, automobiles. All kinds of different bicycles. Don't have a car, you can Uber. Or if you don't want to take Uber, you can take Lyft. Uh, if you don't want to take either one of those, you can take a taxi. It's all a matter of how we get from one place to another. Not whether or not we will get there, it's how quickly we're going to get there, how fast we can get there, and how comfortable we'll be. Air conditioning in our cars, and heat, and, and airbags that will blow up on nine sides of us. If we got an accident, what a blessing that is to be safe as we drive. So modern transportation. We can take BART. Um, we're so interested in transportation, we're trying to go to space. Though there's no place out there for us to live, we're trying to get, get transportation to go somewhere else outside of our planet. But just think about your daily life and getting around. Even if you choose to walk, you're choosing to do that. You're not having to do that, you choose to do that. So we have many blessings just related to transportation. Number nine, modern education. Many countries, they struggle to just be able to get their children to a school because they live far away. With school children in our country, it's a matter of how you're going to get there or how close the school is because schools are in virtually every neighborhood. In our schools where I teach, we have every kind of modern technology that you can imagine. Um, to use for our students and their learning. Where in some countries, if they can get all the kids into one room with pencil and paper, they're thankful to have that and they, and they use that. But here in the United States, we have preschool. You're not even ready for school. You get to go to school. Uh, you have preschool, elementary school, middle school, high school, community college, vocational school, college where you can get a bachelor's degree, master's degree, PhD, post-PhD degrees, there's no limit to the degree of education that you can acquire because it's accessible. And the costs are becoming more affordable through grants and loans and other different government programs. Someone doesn't have to achieve all these levels of education, but the opportunity is there to receive as much education as you want for what you seek to do in life. That is a great privilege to have here in the United States. It allows people to get the jobs they want, to learn about things they want to study, things that they're interested in or have a natural aptitude for. In many countries, you just end up doing what your parents did. You work in the parents' business, and whether that's farming or being a shopkeeper, that's just what you do, because those opportunities to do something else are simply not there. Or you're stuck in a class system where you don't advance from one level to another and you don't receive an education that would allow you to so that you'll stay at that one level. We live in a blessed country. The last one, 
we have modern communication. Just think about how communication's changed over time. I thought at times about all our communication that we have. Just think back 60, 70 years ago. If you were a parent and your child, your son, was called to go off into World War II, to go overseas to fight in Europe, when you said goodbye to that son, you probably would not hear from him for weeks or months. <laughs> and, but you'd know he's in some situation of peril. Or a daughter that went off to war in a nursing capacity, she would be in danger as well. You just did not hear from your children. I'm talking with my mother a lot about that, about her mother, and how that all the kids went off to various things, and she just wouldn't hear from them because she couldn't. And if you got some little card or note, that would mean the world to you. And, Here's this note I found. Uh, someone writes from a German prison during World War II. I am safe, a prisoner of war in Germany. Do not worry. My address will follow shortly. Then you can write to me. Love to you both. Pray, Carol. Can you imagine as a parent, that's all you got? That I'm in prison. Don't worry about me. Son trying to be brave for the parents. That's all you know. But think about today. Get right on the phone. If you don't want to get the call, you just let the message machine get it. We have texting. We have these smartphones now where you can FaceTime with someone where you could see the person and talk to them in real time. Then with the COVID realities, we learned Zoom. And we learned how many things we could do where we could bring everybody in and we could see face-to-face -face and have a group discussion, a Bible study, a worship service. What a great, great way to communicate. may not be ideal, but we learned all the things we can do through modern technology. We can text. If you don't want to see the person, your hair's not looking good that day, you can just send a message with your thumbs, and that person will get it instantly. My brother and his wife are living in Great Britain right now, and I can send him a text, and he can respond just like he's living down the street. What a blessing that is in modern communication, to have instant communication where we find ourselves wanting to turn down more communication let the phone get it, or we'll get back to the text later because it's coming at us too much. That's a privilege to be in that circumstance. hundred years ago, they didn't have that. In other places today, they still don't have that. It's a blessing to us. These are just ten areas. Here's why we need to be thankful. First of all, God told us to be. Paul told Timothy, it is God's will in Christ Jesus we be thankful for what we have. Whether they be spiritual blessings in Christ or physical blessings that everyone tends to be able to enjoy at one time or another. But it's also God's therapy. Because you're going to have times, just like I will have times, where things are not going right. Where there's an upsetting person in our life or there's an upsetting situation. Or even here during the holidays where there's a lot of people that seem to be very happy, there's a lot of people that see the holidays as the most difficult time of their life. Where family estrangements, family pains get brought to the surface. They're reminded of people that are no longer in their life, that used to be in their life, people that have died. Mothers and fathers that have passed, spouses where... They find themselves sitting alone across from the table where there used to be a spouse that was with them for years. 
And the holidays are more a time to be endured than a time to be celebrated. At times, and our mind will work, and Satan would love for this to happen, where it's easy to focus on what we don't have instead of what we do have. And the things that we don't have, many times, are serious things. And, and we're going to feel sadness, which is okay. We're going to feel the loss of something. That means you love someone or something, and, and that's okay. But where Satan wants to take it is he wants self-pity. Woe is me where now you're negative on a daily basis about your life and you're upset and then you're upset at other people that are happy and you want to bring negativity into their life and drag down their happiness. That's what Satan wants. Is, and that's where we have to stop it. Where yes, we don't have everything we want or what we think we should have and yes, life has been unfair and other people are blessed and happy and their lights are on and ours are not. And, but we can't allow that to control us. So being thankful all the time and and in all of our prayers, be thankful for these things. And I try in my personal prayers every morning, even though I'm thanking God for the same things, I want to keep these ten things always at the forefront and the, and the spiritual blessings we looked at. Because I don't know what's going to happen later on that day. I don't know if I'm going to get an accident coming home. I don't know if I'm going to get a call that one of my daughters has been hurt or killed. So be thankful for what you do have. And every day be thankful for these basic things that we take for granted. And your life and my life will be blessed because of that. We'll find ourselves being able to rise above the circumstances. Not happy all the time, that's not God's goal. But able to deal with life. And that's why Paul could say, I've learned in every circumstances, whether in plenty or in need, to be what? Content. That's God's goal for us, to be content, absolutely. But that is a discipline. It's not a natural thing to be. And if you're ever around a discontented person, you know what that looks like. Our goal as God's children is to be content. Next week, we're going to look at five blessings you didn't know were blessings. <laughs> five blessings you didn't know were blessings. And we'll round out this idea of God blessing us. Just a moment, Nathaniel's going to lead us in a song to... Uh, push us forward to be all that God has called us to be, and He's called us to be thankful people. Even in the middle of things that we don't even have an answer for. We're called to be thankful for what we can be thankful for. And to recognize it could be a lot worse. Amen. And let's get through the difficulties of this life and enjoy. If they're good times you're living in now, relatively good times, everything's relative. Appreciate the moment. Because it doesn't always last. Be thankful for every good and perfect gift that comes down from the Father above. And your life will be blessed. And you'll be a blessing to other people. If you've ever been around a thankful person, they are a joy to be around. Because they help you be thankful and to think about your life better. Whatever your need might be today, to come to the Father, to give your life to Him, you can have that need met. We'll be ready to help you and to go through whatever you need to, to see what the Father's will is for your life. But if your challenge is just to live what you know you ought to live, you can work on that today and we'll pray to help you do that. Whatever your need is, you can let it be known now. As together we stand and sing this song to encourage you.